Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello and welcome back to the Prep to Pro NBA Draft Podcast. My name is Ben Pfeiffer and as always, I'm joined by my co-host Max Carlin. Max, how's it going? I'm doing all right, Ben. How are you? I am doing pretty well as well. Um, so today we are, you know, Max and I do a lot of draft evaluation. That's pretty obvious. But even, you know, watching as much film as we do and, you know, spending as much time on the draft, there, there, there's still going to be guys that you know, we, we have less confidence in or we just you know, struggle with in our valuation. So today we are going to to go over the prospects that, that we are most scared about in our valuations, most scared about being wrong and just, you know, talk through those guys, why we're worried about our valuation or worried about being wrong there and, and just and just see which guys we, we have. And Max and I haven't seen each other's lists. So it's one of those type episodes. As sports keep coming back, so does your chance to bet on them with our exclusive wagering partner, BetOnline.ag. Major League Baseball will soon be in full swing, and there are no shortage of ways to get in on the action. BetOnline has all the odds, futures, and props for you to bet on. Also, tune in as Floyd Money Mayweather joins the BetOnline team in a new segment called The Ice is Right, where he talks about his expansive jewelry collection. He'll give you the chance to win some great prizes and bet on the cost of his bling. Visit BetOnline.ag to check out all the odds and up-to-date sports news. Don't forget to sign up and take advantage of all the welcome back sports bonuses. Bet online, your on your online wagering experts. Yeah, Ben, I don't know how you thought about this, but the way I kind of appro- uh, approached it was not guys that I think um, you know I have ranked highly or low that I think will either be that I'm worried will be good or bad in a way that I'm not expecting. It's more guys that I think that accounting for for all of the for their entire range of outcomes that that my accounting of it is going to be wrong that they didn't actually have the ceiling outcome that i thought they did that they didn't have the floor that i thought they did um so it's not so much like being wrong about the outcome that we end that they end up reaching it's it's being wrong about whether the potential was there in the first place um so I don't know if that's how you thought about it. Yeah, as well. I put some of that. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm putting. So, I put some value and some consideration into like you know value in terms of in relation to you know other prospects in the class and you know outperforming guys. I think you know they're they're likely to outperform or not. You know, obviously not like you know totally just like an ordinal ranking because you know there's like we said rate, range of outcomes and you know we're we just because you know one guy is a little better. You know, uh, I'm not gonna be able to tell you that I'm wrong or right. But yeah, I mean a lot of just you know being unsure you know unsure that there's you know I, i'm just reading the upside or, or the downside and, and these guys incorrectly mm-hmm. yeah so uh who's who's the first guy you had 
The first guy I had was um, was Anthony Edwards, who I, I surmise you'll probably have as well. Yeah, he's he's on my list as well. Um, yeah, so so yeah, Anthony yeah. Edwards, um, just I mean, we've talked about him a ton. Talked about him last week uh, in the context of Minnesota, but there's it's just so hard to to, to really know with him because the wiring and the mental aspect is so crucial to to his to his you know ability to to hit the ceiling that you know I think he ha I think he, I know you think he has and also but also you know would be crucial or critical in him you know going even lower than the floor that we think he has too um you know that whether or not he can you know rein in his decision making and decide to be a player that goes to the rim and takes advantage of his overwhelming physical tools and, and burst and strength, you know, and, you know, s- someone who, you know, has some vision, but becomes a, a more willing passer. And then d- defensively, someone who is able to, to lock in and, and limit the, the baffling gambles and just be, you know, a more sound defender. And a lot of that is going to be really determined is going to be the stuff that determines where he falls as a player. I mean, it, it just is for me. Because um, you know the the physical tools are obviously there. The, the special shot making, special scoring flashes, even some you know really impressive on ball defense moments. I think those are all those are all definitely there for me. Um, but it's just you know the the wiring and the mental stuff is is so hard to know, um, and just makes me you know unconfident in my rankings uh, with him. Yeah, the thing that's so concerning to me with Edwards is that I feel like we've seen this so many times before. Like he, he's not something new. There have been so many top five, uh, like combo guard wing creators that have weird wiring and, and have truly like elite, elite physical attributes in some sense. And I think and that's the thing that's so special with Edwards that I think really st- uh, stuck out about him as a you know, pre-college is that it's not that he is exceptional in one regard physically. He it's in, it's in every aspect that he is, he has so much burst that he has impeccable balance and strength and vertical explosion. And he has contortion ability despite being six, five and two twenty five or whatever it is uh, that he has length. I mean, he, he has everything. Um, he's, he's so, so special physically and also is like highly skilled as a as a shot maker um with some of his finishing ability like he's he is a highly skilled player um it's it, a lot of it really is just a wiring problem that he is you know not, of course like there are handling limitations there there are things that prevent him from being a really aggressive downhill player beyond just not wanting to uh but that's a real problem with him too. Just the engagement level on both ends has always been a huge problem with him. And I, I just don't know how correctable that is. I don't know if there are any glaring examples of guys that, that maybe we can't think about who, uh, who, you know, came in with, with this sort of a profile who corrected it. Um, I'm sure people will point to like Ben Simmons, for example, but I, one, I mean, Ben Simmons was like kind of a clear example of a guy who just knew how much of a farce the NCAA was. Um, and on top of that, like he's still plagued by engagement issues. Like this is still a, a limiter on Ben Simmons' defensive impact, surely, that um, that he's not 100% engaged all, all the time, that he loses guys. That's that, you know, those are persistent problems for him. Uh, I mean, it, he has 
very evident approach approach issues as well that like you know he he still is unwilling to attempt threes um so even even i think like a positive uh example of a guy who kind of had similar force issues i guess we'll say in college like i i don't know how how encouraging that should be but i just feel like we've seen this so many times with guys like edwards and i mean it's, it's just a question of how how many more times are we willing to be fooled on this yeah, I mean, it's it's just uh, you know another example of uh, an evaluation where we don't where we don't and we can't have the full picture. Um, you know, with it's just the this is this is something with with Edwards that you kind of have to like look at the historical precedent and the historical precedent, like you just said, is is not very promising. Um, you know, in in terms of these guys who you know ha- have the 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 wiring issues and, and don't turn out to live up to their to tools or, or skills or, or shot making or, or whatever it is. So, I mean, there's certainly a case that, you know, Anthony Edwards, when he's finally, you know, if he's put into a situation where he, he has a reduced role and he, and he's, and he's forced to buy in and he does buy in that you know, the, the wiring can improve and, and, and the mental stuff can improve. But, you know, th- there's also a chance that this stuff is too ingrained to, to really make enough of an improvement. So, to allow his his physical tools to shine through and you know make him the the star player that he certainly could be if all of this comes together. So yeah, it's it's really tough with Anthony Edwards. Honestly, the other thing that's concerning to me is that even if, like, say, his his mentality as an offensive player changes to the point where he really is a guy who's putting pressure on the rim very frequently, I think there's still a. a pretty solid chance that he's not a high positive impact player just because i mean the starting point for him defensively is putrid like it's it's really really bad uh he's a terrible defensive player currently um and i think that i don't really necessarily expect a lot of that to change in in some ways like like i think that the off ball engagement uh, and awareness is always going to be pretty bad with him um now he might I think he could definitely end up being a guy who's pretty impactful on the ball uh, and who's racking up stocks on the ball and and can just be a pretty a pretty real deterrent there. But I just think that there's there's definitely a chance that even as a high uh, rim pressure guy, that he's still a questionable decision maker. That he um, you know still doesn't is not boasting necessarily the highest efficiency just because he is taking a, a heavy diet of tough shots. Uh, even like, it's just basically my concern is that if he's an on ball player, primarily, um, I don't even know that he optimistically will wind up at a point where he's that conducive to winning. Um, which is again, why yeah, I kind there's of... so much of like the wrong initiator concern. Yeah, with him. Exa- like, exactly. Exactly. There's so much of that. And like, I, you know, I, I think, yeah, like, like I said, I, I think there's a chance that he, you know, maybe he doesn't even have that that ceiling of being like the right initiator with with, with his with his mental side. Um, that's just something we're gonna have to wait and see. Because I mean, that there's certainly a chance that you know he ends up on the Zach Levine's uh, you know side of the spectrum, and then at that point, he's not a guy you want to be paying you know top three pick money to. So. Yeah, I, I feel like the deal ultimately ultimately with Edwards is that he could end up being like kind of a clear all star impact guy like really really good player and we can be sitting here with with hindsight and saying well, well duh or he could be Dion waiters and we could be sitting here with hindsight well, being duh. well duh yeah. um 
Yeah, I feel like like it could go either of the, those ways. Certainly, I I think he probably ends up somewhere in the middle of that. I think that's kind of the ex, the expected outcome for him should be that yeah. he that he's a guy who who has real utility as like an off ball scorer and can create for himself a bit on the ball. But he has these flaws, and that's a that's limiting his impact. Um, you know, if 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 he didn't have these issues, I think he'd be a strong number one overall pick and that's what i thought he would be coming into the year honestly i thought he was going to be a, a pretty strong solid number one overall pick uh and i don't think that anymore yeah i mean that that that's also what i thought you know he uh i had him there and it's pretty clear that you know it, it was strong number one for me it was strong number one overall pick with the important caveat that these issues need to change and they didn't mm-hmm. change they persisted so exactly and yeah. you know now i'm at where i have ant you know three or four and I'm, you know, it's impossible to be sure with him. Yeah. Yeah. I feel the same way. Um, all right. The, I mean, you, you, you stole one. I only had four guys listed. I went through the whole thing and they're like, there are guys lower down. I have, Um, I have four like big ones and then one kind of like smaller one. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about all of them. Yeah. Uh, so, so the, the other guy at the top that I had was Killian. Hmm. Um, I was not expecting that. Yeah, it, I the Culver stuff scares me. Um, just like I, and that's gonna pop up again later with another guy. Um, but yeah, I just I worry about um, the sustainability of that kind of advantage creation. Um, however, like like I said in the in the Minnesota episode or one of the Minnesota episodes, maybe both with PD. Um, I think that there is a, a strong distinction between the pace change of direction playing at a different speed advantage creation that Killian um, employs as uh, opposed to someone like Culver or someone like Mason Jones. Um, I I think that there is a strong distinction in that Killian's advantages are just like real conventional advantages. Now he doesn't use necessarily straight line bursts to get there, but he, he like creates big creases in, in the defense. He, creates big advantages he forces rotations like it, like he actually generates space um and i think that like his his for example um his self-created jumper space is like i'm not worried about that like he's he has brilliant footwork as a pull-up shooter um and i have no worries about him creating space with that but i, I do worry a little bit about maybe the change of pace stuff doesn't work as well um that the then the 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 threshold that I think is a bit lower for him in terms of advantages that he needs to create because of the strength that he has and the size that he has, I think you know that might not be as as um, as relevant kind of as it, as was the case with Culver. However, I think positionally, of course, Killian has far superior size and strength as compared to Culver, mm-hmm. which I think is the distinction. Yeah. So I'm I wouldn't say I'm that worried about Killian, but then again, like at, at the at the same time, we were talking about going to bat for a guy at number one who yeah I, think, I suppose on, you have number one that's yeah that. on on mainstream and i mean it's not that different from you you have two in, in the same, same tier. tier yeah but yeah if you're going to bat for a guy at number one who i think on mainstream boards is more in the late top 10 range um i think there's definitely got to be some concern that you're wrong about it but at the at the same i mean i i'm i'm very confident in killian i think he's a great player and a very very good prospect um and like e- even with going to bat for him at number one it's like i wouldn't do that as every team uh i mean we just talked about it with minnesota i don't i wouldn't take him at number one for minnesota uh this is a weird draft there are a, a whole host of guys that i consider for number one depending on the team 
Um, but yeah, I mean, I just have some concern with that style of player because I, I feel like we're still we're still just learning um, how translatable that style of, of advantage creation is. And I think like the subset of Killian's version of that, as discussed on the on the Minnesota pod, it is something that translates. And I, I think that that's what we've seen with Luca for sure. Uh, but but I'm worried about it still. Yeah, I think the the big distinction. I mean, I just yeah. I mean, I get that, especially as like a number one guy. I like you mentioned a, a big distinction from culture from Culver is the size relative to position. You know, Culver really can't bully other wings, but but Killian's gonna bully other guards. I think as he continues to add strength, you know, because with his strength and touch and you know the the, the wonky craft vantage creation that you know we've been alluding to, I also think Killian. I mean, Killian's gonna be a better shooter than Culver almost certainly. Yeah. I mean, like not just talking about Culver's you know horrific shooting rookie season, but projection wise, I think you know go as prospects. I Killian's pretty significantly better as a shooting prospect. Um, and um, Killian's like a year and a half younger at, at the day of the draft than Culver as well. Um, so that's, I mean, that's also a factor. But yeah, I mean, I just, you know, I, I'm so confident in his floor for one thing. Uh, I'm really, really, really confident in, you know, it, I'm really confident in, in him being an awesome defender for one. I mean, I think uh, that's pretty set in stone for me. Um, and then, you know, just the passing, you know, you know the passing and, you know, that's always going to be there. I, I think the shooting is going to be there. I mean, I mean, yeah, like there's some, cons- I think there's absolutely a concern that, you know, he's not, you know, going to return the value that a typical number one pick should. I think that's probably likely, you know, uh, I think. Yeah, like, but I, I think yeah. that's the case for everyone yeah, this year. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. I mean, he's, is he going to be like a superstar advantage creator? Almost certainly not. Like, I don't think so, but. I mean, in this class, you know, being a guy, being like a near all defense guard with plus shooting, plus plus passing, and you know, having some of that advantage creation, and as someone who can be a really, really great pick and roll operator, I think that's enough for the number one pick. And someone, you know, as my number two guy, I'm fairly confident in in my view of his range of outcomes and and you know, just valuation of him overall. Yeah, I, I generally am. I just with that style of advantage creation i just i want i want more examples of guys um yeah i just want i just want to like build the mental database of guys who have played like that and be able to draw distinctions between them because it's not a it's not a blanket thing that it doesn't work i think in fact playing at a, a different speed can be very effective and it's how a lot of the best players in the nba um create there and a lot of the greatest truly like the greatest offensive players of all time james harden luka Doncic, like this is how those guys play um, so I, I, I just still want to learn more about what the translation of those guys is like. Yeah, um, it's always hard with, you know, players who, you know, stars, stars are always ten guys who, you know, we don't really have precedence for. Like, yeah. So it's, you know, there's always a level of ambiguity and, and concern with, with these prospects. But, you know, I think we have to trust like all of the indicators that we do have, like, and for, yeah. and for Killian, you know, we've got a whole lot. So yeah, which is why I advocate for Killian and think he's amazing, and uh, and think that that most teams should draft him very very high. Yeah. Um. Should we move on to your next guy? Sure. So my next guy is Alexi Pokaseski, who I am just a little bit worried that I'm underestimating his ceiling and you know thinking kind of too inside the box with him. Um, cause I mean, I, again, like I, you know, have been vocal about my concerns with him. Um, you know, just being worried about the frame, you know, how much that can improve, um, how much he's really going to be able to do on ball, 
how good the shooting is going to get. Um, but, you know, so, like, I, I do worry that um, I'm looking too granular at an 18-year-old seven-footer with un- an unbelievable intersection of skills and intelligence that there could just be development that, that's unexpected with him. Um, and that's why, like, you know, people who have him, like, two or three in the class, like, I get that. I, I, I understand that that viewpoint, though, even though he's like a, you know, more mid tens kind of prospect for me, I do think there's a chance that I'm, you know, just 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 underestimating the, the ceiling reaching the ceiling that he really has. And, and you know, that high end on, on the range of outcomes, because, you know, just just looking at, you know, what he's put on tape and, you know, the numbers and everything he's shown us now, I think my evaluation, you know, I, I feel pretty sound in that, but just, you know, like I said, being, you know, the, the youngest player in the draft, you know, one of the young, you know, one of the youngest guys to get drafted, you know, period, um, you know, at, you know, taking into account draft time and all of that. And just, you know, with, like I said, with his size and skills, I think there, there is definitely worry for me that I'm underestimating the, the ceiling that he has. And, you know, I am going to look silly in five or six years when, you know, he's a star and, or he's, you know, putting up star level impact. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's obviously considerable downside with him. And I think I've, you know, I, I definitely account for that, but yeah, I'm, I'm worried about underestimating that ceiling with him. I get that. I, I'm kind of less. So uh, I, I don't really think that there's much of a creation ceiling there, but then maybe, maybe he winds up being like a crazy pull-up shooter. Yeah, and that's enough to just like power some extent of yeah. pick and roll game. I, mean, I don't he, think that's totally like impossible. Like, I don't yeah, I don't, I don't think it's impossible either. Yeah, so so and that enables some sort of pick and roll game, and we've already seen that he can handle and pick and roll and can pass out of pick and roll. Um, I, I I don't think that that's like necessarily his most brilliant passing setting, but like he can. I mean, he can like throw pocket passes out of pick and roll, and he's an eighteen year old seven footer. Uh, yeah, the bar in terms of like you know being technically good at passing and, and pick and roll for him is much lower than other guys. Yeah, I do wonder though, like if he's a guy that's actually people are trying to put into on ball situations. Like, why not just put a small on him? Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, the hope is that you know he can just shoot over them. Um, yeah, but I mean, if they're like really getting into him, um, yeah, yeah, I. I think, like, even to hit this ceiling, I don't think he has to, like, be exclusive. I mean, put a small on him, you, you know, you counter with running him off screens or, you know, using that, that motion yeah. to, you know, take him out there. And, you know, I, I think we, I definitely am high on the off, the, the off ball shooting and the movement shooting at his side. Yeah. So, yeah, so am I. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that, like, honestly, less so maybe than worrying about him being, like, a on ball creator. It's just that maybe I'm underestimating the impact, the potential yeah. impact of what he does do. That like yeah. if he's if he's this guy who's just gunning like difficult movement attempts and is a closeout playmaker and a transition playmaker and like a pretty ridiculous team defense playmaker, um, maybe that's just hugely valuable in a way that I'm not fully accounting for. But I I, I mean look we had him. I had him what like sixth or something on my ceiling board, sixth or seventh. Like I, I think that the, the value of that is potentially really high. I just think that it's also going to be discounted to some extent by the fact that I think like his possession of possession defense is is not that great. Like the playmaking is really impressive, but his technical movement skills are really poor. And even though he you know he's a his movement capability is ridiculous, his movement skills are very poor. 
Um, I, I think that like he, he's another guy with a who has a weird approach. Um, I, I think that um, offensively, yeah, th- there's definitely a chance that in the half court he can't do much more than the gunning off movement, um, closeout attacking, and 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 you know maybe the percentages on those looks won't be that high. And, and I think that's kind of the case that that he'll be able to get them off, but it's not going to be like he's a crazy high efficiency marksman. Um, and so those are, those are where all my concerns come in and why I think that even sort of realizing a pretty positive outcome, he's just going to have enough drawbacks that it eats into his overall impact. But yeah, I mean, I I see it. I, I get the concern. I'm, I'm, I'm a little less worried, but I definitely get it. As sports keep coming back, so does your chance to bet on them with our exclusive wagering partner, betonline.ag. Major League Baseball will soon be in full swing, and there are no shortage of ways to get in on the action. BetOnline has all the odds, futures, and props for you to bet on. Also, tune in as Floyd Money Mayweather joins the BetOnline team in a new segment called The Ice is Right, where he talks about his expansive jewelry collection. He'll give you the chance to win some great prizes and bet on the cost of his bling. Visit betonline.ag to check out all the odds and up-to-date sports news. Don't forget to sign up and take advantage of all the welcome back sports bonuses. Bet online, your on your online wagering experts. 2020 has been the year of things happening that are completely out of your control. But there is one thing you can control, and that's shaving your bush. Our sponsors at Manscaped are here to remind you to do so. The Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 is a premium electric trimmer that's designed to give you a confidence boost through body image. Their ceramic blade and skin safe technology are designed to reduce nicks or tugs on your fellas down low. The Lawnmower 3.0 is also waterproof and comes with an LED light so you can manscape in the shower, in the dark, or in a dark shower, whatever floats your boat. They also just released their Shears 2.0 nail kit, which is the perfect add-on to their Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer. In fact, listeners of this show will get 20% off plus free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code armchair. It's time to grab 2020 by the horns by shaving that front trunk. Yeah, so that's, I mean, that's where I'm at with, with Poku. Do you want to your next guy? Who do you have next? Sure. Um, yeah, and my next guy I think is another pretty obvious one. Uh, it's Isaac Okoro. I actually uh, don't have Okoro. Interesting. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I've expressed a lot of confidence in Okoro if I think he's schemed for if he's schemed for properly um if he's given these situations where he can get downhill where he can play with the ball in his hands because i think that he is so impressive as a slasher and as a wing playmaker uh however um one there's always the chance that he's kind of relegated to spot up duty though that seems much more unlikely given that he's going to be a top 10 pick at worst um but uh, kind of along the culver lines that he's i, I think that the growth he's shown as a ball handler since his time at McEachern uh, is immense. Like he used to be, he had no shake on his handle. It was so mechanical and bad. And now he like legit loses guys with his handle at times. Um, and then the way that he just covers ground, his burst um, and then his strength and balance through contact. But like he, the thing that's, that's really concerning is with a, with a lack of length, as a strength-based finisher, just that if he's not creating enough space for these finishes against NBA length, that definitely concerns me because if he's not a really good finisher, 
um, that kind of takes away from the whole idea of him as a creator. Um, I think that the the whole the free throw rate thing with him is is really great, but if he's a terrible free throw shooter, which he could be, <laughs> it's a lot less appealing. Um, I, yeah, I, I I think that there are just there are a fair amount of ways for it to go wrong with Okoro. Um, in a way that like he could still be a solid player, but definitely not a star impact guy. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I agree with those, but those are all things that I'm kind of pricing into my evaluation. Mm-hmm. Um, like I'm not like kind of you know afraid of the fact that those are all you know obvious and, and very real pitfalls for him. And, and you know, you know, even the point about him being like like you know needing a, a you know a proper scheme to thrive. If he's not in the right scheme, he's just not in the right scheme. And I think that's something that's also like somewhat separate from you know my general evaluation of him is you know because part of my evaluation is knowing that you know he's going to be let I, I priced that in somewhat that you know he's going to be less effective in certain situations. Um, so yeah, I mean I just I have a lot of confidence in his in my conception of his ceiling outcome. I mean, yes, the the length is the length is somewhat of an issue, but I just think the strength, the burst, you know, the the finishing craft, even like you said, the improved handle is enough for me to to really have belief um, in you know the, the overall slashing and finishing package. Um, so that's there, and I you know, you know I think like like he's significantly stronger than someone like Culver. Oh yeah, oh yeah. it's a totally different universe. Yeah, I mean he's gonna be like so. so He's going to be so much better as a slasher, I, th- I think. I mean, I just – I hope, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I'm almost sure he will. I mean, he – like, he – I I mean, the wingspan, like, it's not – I don't think it's, like – I don't think it really will be that much of a detriment. I mean, he's not crazy long, but he's not also, like – Yeah, but, I mean, you're, you're talking about a, a situation where, like, an, an inch – might be the difference between between a guy who can actually get these shots off in very small no, he's windows. He's like six eight and a half, like six nine. Uh, we I don't think we there are kind of measurements all over the place. Yeah, Some, he's know. somewhere between six eight and a half and six ten wingspan. Yeah, which I I don't know. I, I think that's that's not really a number that's concerning to me, given you know how strong and how how well he gets into guys' bodies. Yeah, I mean, like obviously, like all of the shooting, you know, not just free throw shooting, but spot up shooting and. All of that's you know acutely concerning, but again, that that's all stuff that I think I'm very aware of. Um, I'm very aware of that. Yeah, flaming yeah. out. And I, I, yeah, I think that that's a, that's a good way to think about it and a good reason not to include him on this list along the lines of what we talked about at the start of this. But I think that I, I think with mine, I'm kind of pricing in that he's going to be a very good finisher and just generally sure. a good slasher. Um, and I think that they're uh, just like similar to the Killy and Culver lines that I have some concern. I just, it, I think it, it can be tough to know what kind of, I mean, I'm like a little bit scared, you know, for that, but I'm off, but I'm like a little bit scared about everyone in, in some Yeah, way. no, for sure. For sure. I just think finishing is something that it, it can be tough to know with because they're just, they're different styles and they're different things you have to do yeah. in order to be able to finish. And, I think we and, have like, you know, I think, I think like the, the strength based wing finisher is just like a thing that we know can work. And I think it can, yeah. But yeah. there, I, I think, mean, it, it could not work. But I think, you know, I, I do think it can work. And I think, you know, Okoro is good enough there and has more than just strength. Yeah, I, I, I like he's not RJ Barrett. Like, 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I've just like seen instances uh, this year of like R- Romeo Langford realizes that NBA length is a little yeah. bit different from uh, yeah. from Big Ten length. And I, mean, I think Okoro is so much stronger than him. I know you're not like making yeah. It. Well, I mean, I, Romeo was a was a very strong player and or is a very strong player and was like a really really good college finisher. Um, mm-hmm. Not, I think not definitely not to the extent of Okoro. But another guy who, and, and I think was a little less strength based, was more of like an extension finish and like guy, a touch, touch finisher, too. yeah, and touch finishes. But it's just like, yeah, the NBA line, and and we still don't know if Romeo is going to be a great NBA finisher. Like I think that he probably will be at least a pretty good one. But it's just like it, it's an adjustment to to NBA <laughs> length, and and especially when when you yourself are not a a huge plus length guy, which is the case with the quarter. I worry about it a little bit. Um, but yeah, it's just like if, if the if finishing really is not there at a pretty high level for a Coro, uh, I worry about kind of everything crumbling for, from like a creation standpoint. Um, so so we'll see. I have I have some concerns about it. So going to uh, our, our next guy. Yeah, sure. All right. So I have Cole Anthony as another one I, that I'm scared about. Yeah, I, I have him as well. Yeah, I think that's the one that's kind of i think it's another fairly obvious one and it's just another one that's absolutely rife with uncertainty um you know there, there's so much it's so nebulous surrounding you know what you know the you know we can you know definitely um attribute causes to you know the drop off or spacing you know spacing potential injuries the potential that you know his burst and the burst and the inside the arc stuff just wasn't that good to begin with um you know but there was like he was legitimately very very incredibly good in in aau and in high school with you know things like his passing like stuff in transition even you know more explosion getting to the rim so the question, you know, how much of that can he recover, if if any of it, um, in time? Can he become more than, you know, just a lethal pull-up shooter? Because, I mean, I'm I'm sure, you know, most of us are as well. I'm very confident in, in the shooting for him. That's just about the only thing I'm confident in when it comes to Cole Anthony, um, that he's going to be a very, very good pull-up shooter. I mean, he, he already is. I mean, he, he, Cole Anthony is already a very good pull-up shooter, but I think – you know he's clearly on track to become a really really great one um and that's one thing that you know could carry his value i mean it it's the most valuable shot in basketball to be able to master but it's just is the other stuff there um it's it's really hard to know for me and he's you know one of the guys that i'm kind of just hedging on being like probably like a little lower than and i I know some people remain really high some people are really really low um i find myself somewhere in the middle i think what are you like mid lottery I have him at nine, ten ish. Yeah. yeah. So, so somewhere in the middle there. Um, so yeah, I mean, just there's so much like, like ants. There's so much like ant, but you know, di- different causes. There, there's so much uncertainty uh, regarding his evaluation that that makes it difficult to you know have a real evaluation of uh, of what the ceiling looks like for him for me. I think with Cole, like you could put him on this list and easily make the argument either way. That you're concerned that you're not high enough on him. Or that you're way too high on him. Yeah. I definitely lean toward the way too high on him end of the spectrum, and I'm in the same spot as you. I've gotten like late top ten, because um, yeah, I, at the very least, I buy him. Because even like, I think it's totally legitimate to suggest that Cole could be a special shooter, not like not just a good shooter, but based on his pre-college track record, like a special special shooter, one of the best shooters in the world. Um, and if he's like bad at everything else, 
just being that doesn't matter. Like yeah, it won't even like he'll he'll probably return approximately uh the like I don't know ninth pick value in this class something like probably that. more than that. It'd be a special pull up shooter. I yeah, mean. but I mean, but that that's the point. Like this thing that I think you could very realistically expect from Cole um is supremely valuable. Yeah, is kind of like the trump card. Uh, at the same time. Like, what if he is just a good a shooter? Very good one, and wait, which is also like very, very, very much within like a a very reasonable range of outcomes for him. Is that he's just like a a very good pull up shooter and kind of not anything else. Um, in which case, it's like I don't know, he is not that valuable at all. Um, yeah, I I, I think it's a it's there like I've increasingly there's buzz about him as like a guy that people have in the twenties or maybe outside of the first. I think and that's just ridiculous. I mean, yeah, which is, it's nuts, right? Like yeah, the shooting, the pre-college shooting alone, I think should guarantee that he's a top 20 or 20 pick. Like I, yeah. that, I mean, that, if you're, you know, playing the ceiling game, which to some extent you, you have to be, you're like, that that ceiling is, is is almost as clear as you know a lot of this ceiling for that skill is probably as clear you know as, as any skill in the class like yeah well i mean even if you're playing a floor game it's like he was he had a nightmare season at north carolina and was still a very good pull up shooter um yeah it, it's just like that at a certain point if you're solely drafting him based on his pull up shooting like the range of outcomes on his pull up shooting alone um range from some somewhere between like useful backup and borderline star probably. Yeah. Um, so like his pull-up shooting alone is kind of, it, it's just, yeah, it's, it's one skill that's so valuable um, that it, it kind of makes it worthwhile to invest in him. But then there are other things there that he has his, his team defense ability, that he is a crazy two foot leaper um, that I think he does have some, some mobility mobility. It's just a matter of, of, you know, working out footwork at, at the point of attack and, and obviously loses guys off the ball. It's a big problem for him, but, but I mean, the team, team D instincts are there. And then just as a transition playmaker, as a guy who, who in call uh, in, in high school and, and AU and um, FIBA at like at times had moments where he was an impressive passer. Um, I think that, yeah, he's, he's a guy who has a lot of trouble balancing the two. Um, but yeah, I, I think that he's a guy who who if if his pull up shooting is really game breaking, he I think he is a guy who can create for others off of that to some extent. Um, you know, maybe not to an elite elite extent, which is kind of why I've got him grouped with the these sort of secondary guys, which is what I ultimately think he is. But um, you know, with with more space in the NBA as a like his his I think his pre college profile as a finisher was a guy who really operates well in bigger spaces that he was a, a two foot leaper, a guy who can, could maneuver on the, uh, around the paint with various footworks, footwork moves. Um, like, I think he's a guy who needs that space and was sort of uniquely harmed by UNC for sure. At the same time, you know, something that we've definitely talked about in the past is that like uh, his advantage creation, I think had a reason for falling off in, in college that, it was the it was various elements coming together that like you know in AAU his first step was good enough to get a half step on a guy and then he had superior strength and could leverage that and 
you know, then he's, he's got an open shot, an open enough shot at the rim where he can, he can get up off two feet and, and without a reasonable contest can get that layup on glass. But, you know, that's not, when that first step isn't good enough anymore against ACC competition, you know, can't just go through guys. Exactly. <laughs> and, Cole, and he's Cole is strong, but he's not like strong enough to where he can rely purely on strength. And I think that's kind of like a, a point where you can get trapped with him is like he like, yes, he's like very, very strong, like for a guard, but he's not strong enough to, to be a bully guard. Like, yeah, I think, I think I'm plagiarizing this from, from one of PD's heuristic pieces, but being a strength-based finisher who's not strong enough is really bad. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think Cole's like was solely a strength-based finisher, but definitely relied a lot, upon it. He's a lot of that. He's, I mean, certainly more than he was pre-college, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I mean, I think even pre-college, he would like there were a lot of strength elements yeah. that he was leaning on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I just think that your finishing will always be a huge problem for him. We'll see to what extent he can develop a, an intermediate game. I think pull-up shooting is going to pretty much none of at this point. I mean, yeah, exactly. Um, and then yeah, it's just like how how can he develop his decision making? Does he get put in a position where he can? be more of a second side playmaker, which is kind of what I think he is. But I mean, th- this class is really great for those guys, right? Like it's, it's kind of perfectly suited to an NBA where the increasing reality is that like the wing initiators run the league. Like Tyrese Maxey, Cole, RJ Hampton. Um, I don't know. Who am I forgetting? Kyra. Kyra. Yeah. Like all of these guys I think are really well suited to that, to an NBA where guys between 6'6 and 6'10 are essentially like your primary handlers. Um, I think these, this class is, is well suited to that. It's just, you know, how valuable are those guys? Yeah. And, you know, I, you know, I think those guys definitely have, have a lot of value because, you, you know, as much as you want to get as, to stack as many, you know, 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six plus guys as you can on the court at once, that's, you know, oftentimes not possible and and, and even if it is not not practical. So these, these you know, smaller guards with, with lots of additive and, and valuable skills off, off of these bigger guys, I think especially, you know, with the way the NBA is trending, are always going to have value um, and which, you know, just means like uh, Cole, like the, the pull of shooting of Cole next to, you know, someone like Zion is could be incredibly valuable, but which, you know, that alone, but there's so much other stuff and there's so many limiting factors that definitely raise concern with Cole, you know, about just is, you know, is the pull-up shooting going to be enough? Yeah, dude, there's going to, if Cole goes in like the twenties, there's going to be some game in his rookie year where the, the star players on, on his team are getting rest or whatever. And he's just going to hit like six pull-up threes. And, yeah. and people I mean, are gonna be like, who is this guy? I mean, like imagine if Cole falls to like Philly or like Denver like yeah oh man if yeah that would be awesome well maybe maybe less to denver but like falling to philly for him philly would be, would be huge. That, that would be i mean th- that would be like yeah like i mean yeah i would think that you'd i you think would, denver could be really fun too just just like playing off Jokic, like that shooting playing off Jokic could be good i mean it's a bit redundant with what they have but hmm. like I think yeah. at 22, I don't care if he's redundant. If, if Colin Anthony's at 22, I think you've got to take him. If yeah, if, if he if he starts to fall for some of these teams that do have those those big initiators in place, um, for teams that just like need shooting, he, he's going to be the best shooter available or in contention for it. Like I, I think on our on our superlatives um, pod, I I 
I had Cole. Uh, I don't remember what the categories were exactly, but maybe maybe as the best pull up shooting prospect in the class, just because I think the volume is really going to be there with him and the efficiency. I had him there. top three as well. I mean, yeah. So, like, he's he's a great shooting prospect. Uh, and yeah, like he's he's six two, doesn't have a lot of length. You know, has all of the issues that we've we've talked about. But at a certain point, you know, that shooting is valuable. Yeah. All right. Should we go? Do you have any more? No, that Cole was my last one. Okay, I have a couple more. I, I have one, sorry, two more like bigger ones than one like little one that's less. Of, so I have RJ Hampton as well. As someone who I'm just like a little worried that I'm kind of overestimating the ceiling and underestimating the floor with him. Like we talk a lot about, you know, how, how awesome his burst and his slashing and how I like the, like the upside as a finisher given the, the vertical he shows in the open floor. But there's just a lot there's something to be said for the you know a, a guy who is not a primary is and is very bad at defense like those guys almost never are valuable nba players and i think the road for, for first of all the road for Roger hampton to to being good on defense is a long one um you know in terms of not just physical you know physical additions but you know mental and in terms of intelligence and technique those those need to happen and then offensively yeah i mean i i certainly like the ceiling as you know a secondary advantage like someone who takes advantage of advantages created by others but you know i think there's a real chance he's never like a valuable enough shooter uh the the decision making though you know though it's improved and, and we like the passing to some extent it's just not good enough you know accounting for the the much tighter windows of the nba and you know, the, the, just the threshold you have to reach there. And, I mean, w- with my ranking of him, you know, as like a late lotto-ish type, um, you know, it's definitely conscious of him as like a like, like a, a strict, like a, like a, like an upside ceiling gamble. And I, I think that was reflected on both our ceiling board and our median board where it was very high on, on the former and very, very low on the latter. Um, I, so I'm, I'm aware and intentional about that, but I'm still afraid that I'm like not like, – like I'm still a little rosy – you know, on what the ceiling actually is and how high the floor actually is with him. Because, like, the physical tools are awesome. And I think there are some real, real additive skills there as well. But there might just never be enough with the shooting and, and the decision-making to to be good enough to be a viable, like, NBA contributor. Um, and then, you know, to just be some, like be someone who returns even close to, like, to lottery value in this class. So I, I do have some worry there with him. Yeah, I think that's totally legitimate. Uh, I and the funny thing is, like, I feel like I'm pricing in all of these things, um, and I think I have them higher than you. <laughs> uh, yeah, which which is you know the the funny part of this. Uh, yeah, I feel like I'm just pretty aware that like he could be bad, which yeah. is why yeah I've got him late lottery, late top ten, something like that. Um, but. That's more like, like I would totally get a team taking him that high. Like if you told me San Antonio took him that high, uh, or New Orleans, I guess took him that high. Like you know, one one of these teams just decided to invest in him as as a guy who can yet be that that second side creator, um, and maybe more. Maybe I I think maybe there's some self creation equity with with RJ down the line. Maybe um, if a team wanted to invest in that in you know the like 10 to 15 range or something like that. I think it's totally fine. I wouldn't have any issue with it uh, provided they have a plan and sort of know what he is. Uh, I might even like it. Um, But I also don't really have a problem with him falling into the twenties, honestly, like 
I, yeah. I would take him yeah. before that. But yeah, he could just be bad. Like he re- he really could. The his shooting might not be remotely there. Um, he he needs to make physical like significant physical gains for his burst to matter because he needs to be able to finish. Uh, he needs to improve the functionality of his vertical athleticism through getting stronger. Um, and yeah, his his defense is a mess. But I I just I like that he made real strides in areas that I think are hard to make strides while playing professionally in a, in a, yeah, absolutely a tough physical league. Um, and yeah, I think his, I just think that his burst is special. His strides are special. Uh, his speed in the open floor, in, in addition to these, these like this tangible improvement as a decision maker. Uh, I, I, I like all that a lot. And I think at the end of the day, it comes down to the fact that this class is really bad. Yeah. Uh, it, it's just, it's not good. So if, if you're telling me that RJ Hampton has some pretty special physical tools, has a real development arc that he's on and that you want to invest in him and you have a, a real plan for applying him, uh, and ideally, you know, you're planning to have him play off of, and again, you know, a, a bigger initiator, but honestly, in the case of RJ, like if, if you think you can develop him physically, you could, he could just be playing off of a guard sized initiator as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, if, if that's your plan with him, I think it's totally fine in that range. Uh, just kind of know what you're getting yourself into. I definitely don't buy the idea that he's like some superstar prospect. I like the ceiling for him, but as we discussed on the, on the ceiling outcome, uh, pod that I, I think it's definitely more as like a secondary guy. Uh, and that can be very valuable, but yeah, you know, I don't think you're chasing, um, I don't know. Uh, yeah. And what I guess what like Anthony Edwards conceivably could be. So yeah, I think that'll be it for part one uh, of this episode. Uh, so yeah, just outro as always. Thank you all for listening. Um, you can follow the pod at Prep Number Two Pro Pod. Follow me at Ben underscore Pfeiffer underscore on Twitter. Follow Max at Max A Carlin. And with that, we will see you all on Wednesday.